Okay, so welcome to Wild Women. Today we have a very special guest with us and we're gonna be talking a lot about spirituality. So Camille, can you introduce us to our guest today? Yes, so Melissa was actually my spiritual coach at one point this summer, I think. Um, but I've been following you for years and I just think that what she do is amazing. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions <laughs> or misunderstanding around what you do. So hopefully this episode will be able to enlighten some people. <laughs> I certainly hope so. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm really excited to share anything that you guys want to know about. Actually, did you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Like just give us a quick rundown about who you are and what you've done. Okay, cool. So I am a Canadian girl from Montreal, currently living in Italy by the sea. And I am a Reiki master healer. I mean, there's so many words and terms to describe what I actually do that it's just like, kind of funny to just put it into words. Uh, Camille said spiritual coach, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> um, basically, I help people, you know, create a spiritual practice. And we yeah, we get into that spiritual world for sure. We do healing and I do, you know, belief reprogramming and I use a lot of different, you know, actually scientifically proven <laughs> modalities as well. So it's not as woo as many people would think. Um, and I've been doing this now as my actual job for almost five years now. Wow. And how long have you been living in Italy? What made you decide to move there? <laughs> so I've been living here for a little over four years and I moved here for love. <laughs> my husband is Italian, so I came here to be with him. Oh, that's such a cute story. <laughs> so I guess the first question we could ask is, so what is astrology? A lot of people think that it's only like your sun sign but there's more to it there is the moon sign there's the rising sign so can you explain to us a little bit about those two absolutely so astrology is actually something that's been around for like ever um i don't even know how they did it in the medieval times to actually like measure and figure out at how many degrees like planets were like th this is like people needed to be mathematicians and mm -hmm. like you know be really great minds to put together this whole thing and basically we have a whole natal chart and astrology is based on what the sky looked like in relation to the earth so astrology is earth-centric just for the sake of astrology because we're living on earth and the planets affect us uh, in relation to where we are in you know in the cosmos right and then for so obviously we have our sun sign so that's the sign that our sun was in <laughs> when we were born and the sun moves sign every month so that's why you know there are 12 zodiac signs, right? The moon, let's say for our moon sign, the, is, <laughs> is the moon moves about like every three days or so. So the moon signs shift pretty quickly and our moon sign represents our emotional world. So someone can be like, for example, my son was in cancer when I was born, but my moon is in Taurus. So my emotional world 
is very much ruled by the things that are typical of a tourist. And I can attest to that 100%. And by the way, you guys can get all of this information if you go just, you know, search up like free birth charts uh, online. You can put in, uh, ideally, you know, the time, the exact time that you were born, uh, or you can estimate, uh, and it'll give you all of this information. And then the rising sign uh, is the sign opposite of, ooh, that's a, that's a good thing. It's your ascendant sign. And it's a sign that is how people perceive you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people will, and it's, it's funny because it really is, <laughs> it really is accurate. And astrologers can usually pretty much tell, like just talking to people and even just like with celebrities, like they can be like, oh yeah, sun, moon, rising, they can tell pretty quickly um, just by the way a person is. Mm-hmm. Yes, with pretty good accuracy. <laughs> yeah, and people um, often think that like it's a generalization because I mean, in journals that's what they do, mm-hmm. but they don't realize that we also have like the South and North Pole, and we have like all of the houses and all. So once you like dive into it, there's so much information. Right. And I think another variable, too, is that there are evolved and unevolved versions of the signs as well. Right. We all know the typical, for example, Scorpio that's vindictive and paranoid and like a little scary, you know, but not all Scorpios are like that. Right. And some have done, you know, the personal development and have, you know, grown beyond those, you know, kind of like immature uh, behaviors, you know. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you're Ricky healer. So to someone that doesn't know what Reiki is, can you explain? So it's an energy healing modality. And it's based on the fact that we all have energy running through us, right? And that energy can get blocked from (laughs) a multitude of reasons, right? Stress and illness and, you know, uh, traumatic experiences and so many things can hold, can trap energy in the body. And when that happens, that makes us, you know, have actual like physical uh, Mm -hmm. and emotional and spiritual and mental symptoms and what reiki does is basically i'm i want i want to preface this by saying i call myself a reiki master healer but anyone that calls themselves a healer and believes that they're the ones healing is like for sure a charlatan (laughs) because it really is the energy like i'm a channel for the healing Mm -hmm. energy And so I've learned the techniques in which I can channel this life force energy, prana, chi um, is what it's often called. Um, So just so people that are coming at it from different angles understand. And so I can channel this energy uh, and with various techniques and send it to people either in person or from a distance in all directions of time. So it's quite clever, right? Since it's universal life worth energy, it can be, you know, sent anywhere, anytime. And it just restores that flow of energy in the person's body. And I have like a little bit of a, (laughs) Camille, you know, I have um, sort of a different approach with it. I've sort of established my own, (laughs) my own method of using it. And since I am, and this, you know, people can take it or leave it, but <laughs> I, I receive guidance and I have sort of like visions and like scenes unfold for me and I see symbols and all kinds of stuff when I'm uh, performing a Reiki energy healing session on someone. So as I'm going through and clearing the blocks, I'm getting insights about like where they're coming from, how the person can move forward and like, you know, resolve this problem and, and heal 
long term. And so I'm a really big believer in empowering people on their healing journey. You know what I mean? Like give them, I don't want to just like not say anything, perform the healing, and then they go on and <laughs> continue to perpetuate the same blocks in their mm -hmm. lives. I like to give them the tools that they need so that they can empower themselves, bring more awareness around, you know, the stories that they're telling themselves, the limiting beliefs, and, you know, get to the, the core of the issue so that they can move forward and not have that block come up again. For sure. And also, I think because when you did it with me, you mentioned that some of my chakras were blocked. So can you mm -hmm. tell us more about like how chakra works? Like how many we have? Because I know some people don't know. <laughs> so this is something uh, that's a great question, by the way. But we have actually like infinite chakras, but there are seven chakras within the body. <laughs> and so those are the main ones that people know about. But then there are chakras like above us and below us. And those are sort of like the astral chakras. But in for for the purposes of this session and also with Reiki healing sessions, I do focus on the ones within the body and one right above the head. So I'll usually do eight chakras, seven chakras. So they're energy centers in the body. And then they sort of are, they're connected to different organs and different systems in the body. Uh, so each chakra is sort of associated with a different organ, a different system, and also different like emotional and like spiritual qualities as well. And so, for example, I use the word, the term blocked, again, just because it's easier for people to understand, but it's usually just when I do a preliminary scan and I see which chakras are sort of like calling my attention, that's just because that chakra is calling my attention in that moment. I'm being guided there for a reason, and there's information there that I need to share with the person. And then for like, because the term blocked is just so easy for people to understand, but it's just, I just get like a snapshot of like what the situation is in that moment. It doesn't mean that like someone's got a block chakra, you know, they gotta, <laughs> they gotta do some real work. Uh, we all are works <laughs> in progress and we all uh, are, are sort of like in this healing journey. If you do decide to embark on a healing journey, of course. Right. And so usually if there's, if there's a chakra calling my attention or it's quote unquote blocked, <laughs> it just means that there are probably the person is either dealing with physical um, ailments with organs associated or parts of the body that are associated to that chakra or they're having like emotional issues or there's trauma mm -hmm. stored there right and when and when the chakra like ideally you want your chakras and I'm sure you've seen the memes on Instagram to be like aligned cleared activated all of that stuff and so a disclaimer I like to give with shock working on your chakras. so if you want to do like a guided YouTube meditation for chakras go for it it's a great way to like get connected and and sort of like feel it for yourself but a disclaimer i like to give is that if you're going to be working let's say you want to work on one particular chakra like you look up and you're like oh i need to work on my heart chakra i just like you know broke up with someone i need to like do some heart healing i would say great you can do that you can you know breathe into it and do all that kind of stuff but you want to make sure that you balance them afterwards because if you're just pumping a bunch of energy <laughs> into your heart chakra then your chakras are no longer aligned or balanced you want to like you know set the intention even just you know with the power of your mind set the intention to like you know align and balance the chakras is usually just powerful enough well that's so important like i didn't know that <laughs> Um, and where are they, the chakras? Yeah, um, so there's the root chakra at the base of the mm -hmm. spine. 
uh, and that one's very much tied to our uh, survival and it's the foundation of our being. So home, family, the body, all of that kind of stuff is the root chakra. And then there's the sacral chakra right above it. So it's usually like a little bit below the navel. That's the sexuality, sensuality, uh, creativity. So, and it's the emotional center of the body as well. So we often store a lot of, yeah, a lot of <laughs> challenging stuff there, right? And then there is the solar plexus chakra right above it. So it's right above the navel, like right under the rib cage. And that's associated with our perception of ourself, our self-worth, self-confidence, um, you know, digestive system. So there's, you know, this is where we also like digest things that have happened to us and, you know, vis-a-vis our <laughs> perception of ourselves, right? So that too can be um, pretty intense. And then there's the heart chakra. I mean, you know, all the pretty obvious things like love for others, but also love for ourselves. That's where our inner child hang out, hangs out too. So if you want to do inner child healing, they'll usually be led to the heart space as well. Then throat chakra, you know, communication. And it's not just, you know, about speaking your truth. It's also how we listen to and have compassion for other people as well. Uh, third eye, again, beneath, uh, beneath, between the, the brows. And that is where our intuition lies. That's where, you know, we, we receive guidance and we sort of like have our psychic abilities hanging out. And that's where we have, you know, our third eye where we can, you know, perceive things and read energy and stuff like that. And then there's a crown chakra right at the top of the head. Um, and that is often named the gateway to the divine. That's how we, you know, receive, you know, that, that chi, that, you know, life force energy. And that's how we sort of understand how the universe works and our place in it as well. Mm, that's amazing. Um, so how did you get involved in this world like what was your motivation or was it really just sparked by an interest in something <laughs> so this is how i'm probably going to tell you guys my life story <laughs> so basically i've always perceived like i've always been like that weird kid that's like ooh, something's gonna happen or i was i was getting like premonitions and even as like loved ones would pass i would, I would receive like visitations in my dreams and um you know just a lot of <laughs> you know, kind of like intuitive hits, even as a child. Um, so I've always sort of felt that connection. Um, and uh, I also <laughs> struggled with anxiety, probably because of my sensitivity to all this kind of energy stuff, right? So I was always hypersensitive. And so I sort of like shut it off <laughs> for my teenagers. I'm like, I want to fit in with the world. Like <laughs> being a teenager is hard enough, right? And I only really started diving d deeper into it was when I started getting into fitness and doing yoga mm. and connecting more with myself. And I was like, ooh. And then I started, you know, meditating, getting into like oracle cards and tarot cards and crystals. And that's when I really started communicating with my guides and opening you know, that floodgate of communication. And the rest is basically history. I started just, and just like with, you know, anyone else I would suggest is just like follow your impulses and follow like what you feel curious about. Like if you're curious about Oracle cards, or you're curious about crystals or something like that, like just research, get into it, play around with it and see how you feel because your journey will unfold from there. Um, and then I, I was a health and fitness coach and I realized that I was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just coaching people on on you know having this relationship with themselves and using you know the law of attraction and you know really focusing on mindset and self-care and I was like okay I, I feel like I haven't talked to anyone about food or workouts in a really long time <laughs> so 
maybe I need to shift my focus, you know? And so I, that's what I did before moving to Italy. I was like, yeah, no, I need to, I need to focus on where my passion truly is. And so that's, that's where I made the shift. Mm. Um, you talk about the law of attraction. So mm-hmm. can you tell us more how that works? Okay, so again, well, I'm like full of disclaimers today, but <laughs> so there is, you know, the law of attraction. There's the book by Esther and Jerry Hicks, Abraham. People can look into that if they want to. Uh, that's how I really got into it, and that's how I learned that basically. And and so the the big the big thing is that your thoughts create your reality, right? And so and, and you know manifesting your desires through, you know, focusing your attention on what you want versus what you don't want. Thing is, <laughs> that's how I got into it, and that's what I based my business on at first, uh, helping people just like manifest what they want. But as I was going through it, I realized that it's not just about our thoughts; it, it's about our subconscious beliefs, mm-hmm. and those subconscious beliefs are created between the ages of zero and fourteen. And I realized this because I was coaching people and even just seeing with myself, like some things are easier to manifest than others for different people. Some people have like an easier way with it. Um, And I was like, why is that? You know, I was just trying to understand. And I realized that it comes down to our beliefs about the world and how they were formed as children. And oftentimes they're informed by traumatic experiences or trauma, you know, big T trauma. Right. And so we need to heal our trauma and, and, you know, do that kind of work if we want to be able to manifest the big things or manifest things that we, that otherwise we don't believe is possible for us. Like if you can keep your thoughts as positive, quote unquote, as you want, and you can focus on like the big, the Mercedes G wagon that you want, but if you don't believe that you can truly have it, you're never going to manifest it. And actually you're going to create more resistance on your path because you're ignoring the real thing that wants your attention which is the trauma that needs healing mm-hmm. and I think we call it like shadow work um so how can someone like know when they have to do some shadow work and some inner child healing well I mean if we've learned anything in 2020 is that everyone can use some, sh- <laughs> some shadow work and some inner child healing and we'd all be better off if people did that right and it's just about like it's you know just the term shadow doesn't make it very enticing right and so (laughs) it really is just about having the courage to look within Mm -hmm. uh, and and really understand why we are the way that we are and what how what we believe about the world and the way life gets to be for us and, and what our place in the world really is and and do that you know that deep diving within ourselves and yeah sometimes the shadow in and of itself, Camille, I'm sure you know, <laughs> is basically a place in the subconscious where we relegate mm-hmm. everything that we don't believe is acceptable, everything that we want to disassociate from ourselves, everything that we know about ourselves that we just don't accept or we don't think others will accept, right? So it's not a bad place. It's actually a place that lovingly holds on to all of that stuff until you're ready and courageous enough to look there and be like, okay. And it's not about healing the shadow it's just about acknowledging all of those parts of ourselves that we previously hadn't accepted and embracing them being like yep all of these things are me and that's still okay and I'm still lovable and I'm still worthy yeah and if I'm not mistaken we call it like spiritual bypass when people like 
want to manifest something and then they just ignore like complete their those kind of stuff right yeah yeah just in general trying to be positive all the time <laughs> and you know I, I've definitely been guilty of that being like you know just look at the positive just look at the silver lining and I realize it's actually <laughs> the most harmful thing that you can do and you're not gonna quote unquote manifest something negative if you have negative thoughts that's not the way that it works you know it's like you don't you don't like visualize a car crash and then it happens in front of you you know what I mean it's about really looking at things honestly spiritual bypassing is super harmful because you're you're creating more resistance you're putting more stuff into your shadow right because you're saying oh that's not acceptable to think about to look at to talk about and when you do that you're saying I'm not worthy of healing my pain I'm not worthy of accepting myself fully of accepting the whole range of human experience Mm-hmm. And I see it almost as like self-sabotage, right? Because we can have like some behaviors after that actually make it true and reinforce that beliefs that we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Then it becomes, then it's just this web, right? Of behaviors and thought patterns that are going unchecked that are just continuing to perpetuate cycles in your life and patterns of things that you don't want. And then you're like, what the heck? Like I have been visualizing the million dollars in my bank account. Why isn't it there? In the meanwhile, you're ignoring like your belief that you don't deserve X, Y, Z. You're not worthy of, you know, that life, that quote unquote millionaire life. Mm -hmm. So where did you do a lot of your training? Like, were you able to find that type of training in Canada or did you have to like travel to different places? Yeah, well, now it's now it's gotten really, really widespread. (laughs) And there are amazing online courses and some of the certifications that I've done have been online. And I don't knock it like I create courses to uh, as a as a Reiki master, for example, I train, you know, Reiki practitioners online. um, And there's nothing wrong (laughs) with online courses. Um, but yeah, there are these, these things have become more and more widely available. I remember when I was getting started with Reiki trainings, it was like some lady in her basement doing it. <laughs> but now there are just like whole academies, you know, there are whole retreats um, available everywhere, basically. And, you know, from being from Montreal, it's a big city. There are just like so many different places that you can go. It's people, I guess, in, in smaller rural areas that maybe have a harder time. But again, that's where, you know, learning these things online is, is really great. So we talked a little bit about karmic lessons. So how does karma and karmic lessons works? Okay, well... Usually karma and karmic lessons are things that come from past lives. So if you believe in past lives, it's just that there are, there are patterns that get repeated until we learn the real lesson. And that's, that's what a karmic lesson is. And oftentimes, usually these patterns just like continue to perpetuate in your life, even just like with different people. So you'll notice this with people, for example, that just like get into like the same kind of relationship with someone. This is like mm-hmm. the easiest, uh, the easiest example I can give is that like, you have this friend that just like always goes with the same kind of person and just continues to get hurt. And it's just like a perpetuated cycle. And it's like, this person is going to continue to live that pattern until they, you know, stop spiritually bypassing, knowingly or not, and acknowledge what it is at the core that makes her or him want to continue to, to do this, you know, like, or, 
you know, what belief is really at the core of that, what fear is really at the core of that. And oftentimes it is something that's been going on for lifetimes. And you mentioned like crystals. So what is your favorite crystal and what are the properties from, for it? So crystals are a pseudoscience and there's not like real <laughs> hardcore scientific evidence about it. So people can take it or leave it for sure. I definitely uh, feel the benefits of crystals and I'm definitely a fan and I do like to, you know, clear them and charge them at the full moon, at the new moon, that kind of thing. And I like to use crystal jewelry and I have many favorites. I like one that, oh, it's, it's kind of an obscure one. It's ametrine, which is a mix between amethyst and citrine and it's just it's beautiful and it's just really powerful because amethyst is probably one of the most commonly known crystals and it's a very powerful one you know if you're having trouble sleeping put a little little tumbled amethyst under your pillow you'll you'll be golden <laughs> uh, and citrine is um is like the abundance kind of uh, crystal and so that mixed together is just really powerful i might actually have one nearby. I know that this is probably just audio, but I can show you ladies sort of what it looks like. Ooh. So there's like kind of like gold in there and purple. So it's pretty cool. Um, so how has your profession as a healer kind of affected your life as a whole? Like it seems like being doing what you do would impact your emotional being so much that it could really perpetuate your your personal life do you find that like how you heal and how you live they kind of go hand in hand or do you try to separate those two avenues of your life I definitely get what you mean about it just having such a wide reaching effect on all areas of my life and it definitely does because I make sure that if I'm going to be showing up and helping others heal and helping others grow and evolve, I need to show up as my best self and I need to be on, I need to walk my talk. Absolutely. Like in terms of coaching, that's true. And in terms, I'm sure if someone's a therapist or whatever, they want to make sure that they're showing up on their A game because people are coming to them for help. Right. And so that has been a really great side effect for me when I've turned this into my profession, because it really does just inspire me and push me and motivate me to go deeper into my healing journey because I cannot bring someone as far as I've gone. You know what I mean? Like I need to go further so that I can bring people further into the healing journey with me, you know? And so that's what pushes me to discover new things, new techniques. And, you know, like I mentioned with the law of attraction thing, like my belief around that totally evolved with my experience around it. And then in terms of the other areas of my life, like that's naturally all just going to be <laughs> improved as I gain more awareness and as I heal more things. And it's, it's really wild because, you know, in the past couple of years, I've gotten really into sort of like ancestral and generational healing um, and even just like healing my own like inner child stuff and the stuff uh, about like, you know, trauma growing up and stuff like that. I've noticed that my family members are on their own healing journey, it was like kind of true. Like, I don't want to take, <laughs> I don't want to take all the credit, but it's like, they've gone through a transformation as well. Obviously 
I'm kind of leading by example, but it has these ripple effects, even mm-hmm. just like in the spiritual world, right? Where if I'm healing something that's associated with someone else, they're going to feel that. They're going to they're gonna get, and if they're, you know, people that are doing personal growth and they are focused a little bit on their healing journey, they're going to perceive that and it's going to like nudge them along. And it's just wild because I've seen my parents change. I've seen my brother change and it's just really, really interesting to see that all unfold, especially. That's probably one of my favorite, you know, <laughs> side effects of it. It's definitely amazing how that happens. Um, you mentioned the full moon and the new moon. So for someone that has no clue what it does, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Right, absolutely. So, um, you know, if you've ever looked up at the sky, (laughs) you'll notice that the moon goes through phases, right? Uh, It goes from, you know, the full moon, like the big white circle on the sky to just like a tiny sliver. And some, I I hadn't noticed until until I started really studying moon cycles that there's even a dark moon phase where you don't even see the moon at all for three days. And so these different phases of the moon are, you know, Take it or leave it again. (laughs) It's a pseudoscience, but it's something that I definitely feel is true and something that I definitely perceive is that at the new moon, it's, it's a brand new cycle, right? So it's a time to set intentions. It's time to wipe the slate clean and really decide what you want to have grow into its full iteration at the full moon. So from between the new moon and full moon, there's about two weeks. Um, And so it's, it's just a really great time to, and then for the full moon, the full moon, you're actually at your most psychic, your most intuitive, time of great healing. And it's a time where, you know, things that have been hidden are illuminated, right? Because the, the moon is at, at its biggest and brightest, right? So it'll illuminate. Um, well, that's, it's a great time to do some shadow work. Absolutely. <laughs> it illuminates what's been hidden in the shadows, right? And then every month, the moon and the full moon and the new moon are in different signs and so it's just really interesting to sort of play around with that and see how you feel when the moon is in a different sign or um, how you feel during a new moon versus how you feel during a full moon Uh, and it also very much depends where your moon in your chart is and, and what what your chart looks like in general and how that interacts with the current state of the cosmos Mm-hmm. There was a lot of memes around like Mercury retrograde. So what is it? Right. So it's Mercury, the planet, <laughs> you know, seemingly moving backwards. And really, it just has like slowed down in its course. And so from our perception, our vantage point on Earth, moving in, in our orbit, it'll look like Mercury is moving backwards, so retrograde, right? And during this time, all of the uh, areas of life that Mercury governs, which is technology and communication, kind of go a little haywire. <laughs> and so this is why people blame Mer- Mercury retrograde for like X's showing up in the DMs <laughs> or technological stuff going wrong, like, you know, stuff with emails and like computers crashing and, you know, you know, communication, miscommunication and all of that kind of stuff. But I honestly think it's a great time. Like if you make sure that all of your work is backed up, you double check your texts and your emails <laughs> and and you just make sure that all of those, you know, areas of life are, are covered, 
I think it's a really great time. It's a time for us to slow down and it's time for us to revisit and, and reassess the areas in our life. And it's, it's like a three week period where you don't have to necessarily feel like you need to be like going and creating and, and building momentum. It's a time to slow down and be like, okay, let me, you know, tie up all my loose ends, <laughs> which is great, right? In a world like today is where everything is so fast paced. It's great to have a time where it's, it's actually favored to like, have a minute with yourself and be like, okay, where am I going? What's going on? What do I need to, you know, finish up? And what are, what are my plans for the future? You know, do I still want to go in the direction that I, that I'm headed in? Mm -hmm. One of the most important questions right now for me, because I've been like really looking at it is what is feminine and masculine energy? So we both, we all have both of them, right? Right. Absolutely. And so <laughs> It's just that, you know, those are the two, the dualities that exist between uh, within us, right? And so feminine energy is that receptive energy, that intuitive, nurturing energy. Um, and male energy is that giving, action-oriented, kind of forceful, like, let's get her done kind of energy, right? And so both are useful. And honestly, when even when I'm doing, for example, um, Reiki healing on someone, I'll notice different chakras will have like a different dominance uh, or an imbalance, right? So if someone that's afraid to speak their truth, for example, in their throat chakra, it'll be more of a feminine flow. It'll be a more like a more observing, receptive kind of vibe. And then, so what I'll usually do is be like, mm, no, this person needs to speak their truth. So I try to shift it and, and rebalance it and bring in a little bit more masculine energy. And then in terms of what people can do, <laughs> not as Reiki healers, but within their, within their daily lives is just notice which areas of their lives there may be like being too forceful or they're not, you know, or they're not, you know, integrating themselves and, and speaking their truth. Um, it, it's very much you know, very, very advantageous to have a, just have that moment of reflection and be like, hmm, okay, where am I like going too hard? And where am I not, you know, taking up the space that I need to take up? Mm. You know? Yeah, so important to really go with the flow of like the two energies I find, like there's time to rest, and then there's time to actually work. Yeah, absolutely. So we're getting down to the end here. Um, so is there anything that you can tell us that can basically just help people who are just starting and like venturing through their spirituality? What kind of things can they do? Where can they start? What people should they listen to on podcasts or read about? Great question. I love this. So uh, first of all, you know, there are so many varying opinions out there and there are so many different gurus and experts. And I would say, while it's great to dive in and find someone that you resonate with, never undermine your own intuition and we all are intuitive we all have the ability to be psychic and you know um and we all have our different you know abilities of you know perceiving things that are not seen so never discount your own intuition and i feel like the goal with the spiritual journey is really just about you know connecting with yourself first and foremost instead of you know trying to connect with you know ascended masters whatever if that's your journey that's your journey but i feel like first and foremost getting really solid in trusting your own intuition is really really powerful and you can do that just by creating just by creating the time and the space to you know 
listen within and receive like you know really cheesy but the answers really are within you <laughs> Um, and I feel like oftentimes when people are starting out on their spiritual journey, they're giving too much credit to the people that, to the mentors and the gurus, right? Whereas, and then that just creates such a big distrust in ourselves. And, um, I think it's just so important to, to just, you know, connect with yourself and then, yeah, cool. There are, there will be mentors there, but take everything with a grain of salt. And there are tools as well. Like if you feel called to, like I said earlier, you know, if you feel called to Oracle cards or tarot cards or crystals or runes or all kinds of different things like just follow that path and trust that you're being nudged along <laughs> and you're being guided uh, and you can trust that guidance and you can trust yourself first and foremost and I think that with that it's just you know let it let it unfold naturally and, and have that feminine flow about it <laughs> thank you so much this was wonderful <laughs> Oh, thank you guys so much for inviting me. I had the best time. And if, you know, if you, if anyone wants to reach out, they totally can. Maybe the, <laughs> maybe you guys will have my info in the show notes. Yeah, we will. Awesome. And where can they find you? So Melissa had you? Yes. So that's on Facebook. Um, and on Instagram, I'm light love prana. Uh, and those are, those are my main two outlets. So people can reach out to me there. If they have any questions, I'm usually hanging out in my inbox anyway. So I'm happy to, to answer any questions. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Bye.